Hello little darlings, this is the final episode of 2018, it is a complete chaotic mess, as in keeping with the rest of the podcast, but we hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoyed making it. We will be back in 2019 after a quick Christmas break. Uh, until then, follow us on all of the socials at Art of Knowing Everything and uh, hit us up, give us some ideas. Try not to miss us too much. We will be missing you. Um, what, what is happening today? What's happening? I thought we were going to get stabbed. When? When you took us to fucking backward alleys in Glasgow. Backward alleys. I took them to the Barris and the Barris had shut. <laughs> and so we walked through this creepy place that is just full of doilies and artifacts that look like they're cursed. I liked that place. <laughs> that was, I actually didn't like that place. <laughs> It was terrifying. It was the start of a horror film. It was definitely the start of a horror film. It's like the start where like the friends banter and they're like, oh my god, this place is like really quirky. We should go inside and then go get pumpkin spice lattes afterwards. And they go there and they get some weird brooch that are like, oh my god, my grandma had one like this and it reminds me of her, so I'm totally gonna buy it. And it's cursed. If we don't stop him soon, this is gonna turn into a full feature. (laughs) (laughs) Give me a laptop or write the screen. And then Becky's sad. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is my life. <laughs> oh, I did love it. Sometimes, like, I'll say to him, like, if we'll go to bed, I'm like, tell me a, tell me a bedtime story. And then he's off. And then I was like... Mm, you he's, know. Never, he's never finished I've never I finished... I wrote it in a book and everything, and he hasn't read it. He hasn't finished it. Because there was... You have it finished. ended up being three parts long. <laughs> <laughs> Because he still hasn't finished writing it. No, I finished finished writing the story. It's on my laptop. I just haven't finished physically writing it out. But I drew pictures and everything. The pictures are actually really good for me because I can't draw. So if you look at them, I'm actually really impressed. to another episode of the art of knowing everything where there's no such thing as a boring topic i'm caitlin i'm rob and so am i and i'm here that's Steve. he <laughs> wishes he wasn't <laughs> today we're going to tuck in to the wild wild world of idiots yes you are <laughs> idioms What's, what's an idiom? Oh, no, <laughs> oh, you guys could have done that in chorus and instead you pulled back and got grumpy at it. Well, because he sounded like a preschool teacher. What's an idiom? <laughs> <laughs> an idiom is a phrase or an expression that has a figurative or sometimes literal meaning. What just happened? Can't, what? Dramatic pause. <laughs> what happened to your voice, though? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is never going to be good. <laughs> anyway, idioms are figurative sentences. Uh-huh. That's it. So, Rob's dad sent us a message because we asked people what kind of things they wanted us to talk about on this podcast. 
And Rob's dad said that he really struggled with some of the sayings in English language because they're nonsense. And we kind of, we thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. Put that on the back burner. But then my mum, she actually asked a very, about a very specific idiom, which is why do people say it's raining cats and dogs? Um, and she then asked about like whether like, and she knows that it rains frogs in some places, but what's that about? And is that where raining cats and dogs come from? Is, or is it something else? And then we thought, you know what? Doing an episode on idioms would be kind of cool. And what I think will make this even better hmm. is if we make it into a competition. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you actually oh, that sounds have, horrendous. <laughs> have not got your finger on the pulse of what the rest of the group feels. <laughs> we could turn it into a competition. But I want to tell you that if you lose, you cannot be sad about it. <laughs> oh, that's going to happen anyway, so just continue on. I'll let him win, it's fine. Steve, will you let Steve you what you don't know is Steve's very competitive. Will you let him will you let him win? I don't even have, know how this is gonna be a competition. You're just gonna point for guessing right. So raining cats and dogs actually has nothing to do with the fact that it rains fish and frogs, which it does do. Usually it's because there's small animals that have been picked up by a wind or a tornado and then travelled in air. And then dropped somewhere else. That I does. still feel like I need to see a video. That's of terrifying. This because yeah. I just, there are videos all over the internet. Well, we need to look at some. So, Only now, but. But raining cats and dogs is a 16th century European expression that comes because the peasants' homes, having been hatched, where the animals thatched. <coughs> thatched. I said hatched, but I meant thatched. <laughs> uh, they get thatched at the top and the animals go and seek shelter from the elements but they would fall out and be pushed out by the heavy rains and then fall into the street and so it looked like it was literally raining cats and dogs. There's another theory that says that um, people thought maybe the drainage in the 17th century Europe was so poor that during heavy rains there'd be a bunch of animal corpses that get accumulated in the drains. So that was another thing. And disgusting. And um, there was somebody that said that the fact that Jonathan Swift had alluded to the streets flowing with dead cats and dogs some years earlier in 1738 and he used rain, cats, and dogs explicitly is good evidence that actually poor sanitation is the source of why that phrase is used. So it's because dad animals just used to accumulate in all the drainage. I mean, that makes sense. That's disgusting. It's not as fun as what I thought it would be. That's fucking gross. I wanted that to be a fun one. That's sad. Uh, Okay, cop out. Where do we think it comes from? Corrupt cops. I also, do you guys want to try and give me like a century or a year that it began? No, not even a little bit. 17th. Uh, 20th. 19th. And what do we think it's come from? Corrupt policemen. Corrupt policemen? Yeah. I think it comes from farmers being screwed over. It sounds like crop. 
<laughs> I, I wasn't sure where that link was. <laughs> the men so screwed over they dropped the R. <laughs> they were just so angry they couldn't finish the word. It's actually first recorded in the 19th century. That's me. I'm winning. And <clears throat> also in the beginning of the 20th centuries it was used. Meaning to take something for oneself. Uh, as in like he simply can't lose can't fail to cop out the best looking girl so like it meant like taking something of your like taking something for yourself and this was based on one of the many standard english sentences of cop to snatch steal or grab all that time ago around the 1930s cop out began to take on another of the senses of cop which is to catch or apprehend as in like a, a policeman to cop out here meant to plead guilty basically and to say like you had done something wrong um the big change came in the 1950s to cop out evolved to refer to making a full confession of some crime or misdemeanor usually but not necessarily to the police from this it moved to mean backing down or surrendering so i wasn't too far off with the whole police it did have police origins yeah Um, in the 1960s it developed further still to mean that the person was evading an issue by making excuses or taking the easy way out which is what cop out means that's it I think I'm winning on this this competition so far we've only done one and I got got it right well I mean enough Uh, okay grass is always greener where's it from what year is it from 17th century. Copycat. Where does that come from? <laughs> 18th century. <laughs> from farmers. Um, Do they want to move their livestock to a different field to think it's greener, but then when they get there, it's just the same. Well, that's a, that's a good thinking. Well, that was my idea, but I think it was from the 16th century. But I picked that meaning. I think it's about similar, but it's about other people's fields. So they, like, so it's like a farmer saying his fields, his fields greener than my field, and that's what we said. <laughs> yeah, but you're talking specifically about each, like their own fields. What? <laughs> we want to put our cows in that field over there because it's greener. But do you own that field or not? Or does that field belong to someone else? Well, it doesn't really ma- like matter. Well, I think the semantics do matter. Well, not really. It's just like, oh, I'm going to move them over there. Then it's a waste of time is the point. So it's actually a Latin proverb. It's cited by Uranus Rotterdam. Uranus? Aramis. Ar- Erasmus. You know what? Cut that. Uh, was translated into English by Richard Travener in 1545 and this is what the English said the corn in what in another corn in an other man's ground semeth you are more fertile and plentiful than doth our own so basically like the corn slicer in their field than it is in our own and then the poet Ovid takes this further and says 
the harvest is always richer in another man's field. That's what I said. As far as modern English sources, the idiom has been popular since the early 1900s, evidenced by the fact that a song recorded in 1924 by Raymond B. Egan and Richard A. Whiting carried its wording of the grass is always greener in the other fellow's yard. So was it always meant as figurative? It was never meant literally. I suppose so. But I think what we need to take out of that is that I was correct again. It was someone else's field, not your own. No one's competing. We never said it was our field. (laughs) We didn't say it was a different field. We just said it was a different field. But I think what Caitlin said was it's specifically another man's field. It's not not just someone else's field. Caitlin, who was? It's not like a different field. It's someone else's field. Oh, my God. Do you know what? Just give them the point. (laughs) So, burn the midnight oil. Where does it come from? From using oil lamps. Because you don't have electric lamps. So you use oil lamps when you're staying up late. Yeah, I feel like that one's pretty self-explanatory. From using the oil reserve in your lamp. Because wasn't there like a spare reserve in oil lamps? I don't know. That's what I said. Is that what you said? Did you do you agree with him or with him? With Steve. Okay. Okay. So, uh, the English author Francis Qualles wrote in Embles in sixteen thirty five. We spend our midday sweat, our midnight oil. We tire in the night in thought and day in toil. Uh, at that time, there was a verb for working by candle. Sorry, by working by candlelight. Elucubrate. You know what? Can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> Elucubrate. Henry Cockerer. This is all names you can't pronounce. <laughs> this, this one was probably a bad one. Cockerham, I can pronounce, thank you. That is C O C K E R A M. I'm getting tired, so I'm forgetting what letters are. Okay? <laughs> Define that this, that in his English dictionary in 1623, elucubrate. To do a thing by candlelight. Okay, great. That's... I didn't mean to say that, actually. <laughs> Clearly, we no longer have much call for that word, and it has fallen out of use. Although, it's been probably some years since anyone needed to do it in reality. The phrase burning midnight oil is still in everyday use. So, yeah, basically, it's when people have to work by candlelight. That's it. So none of us were right. It's just hard, I think. Can anyone say when they like oil for ca- candles don't have oil in, do they? They have wax. Yeah. They used to be gas candles, didn't they? It's a gas candle. A gas candle, yeah. It's a gas light. You mean a sorry. gas light? Sure. So, <laughs> it doesn't have to be a candle in it. Because <laughs> a candle is a wax with a wick in it. <laughs> Right. <laughs> this has been a lot of hard work tonight. <laughs> like more hard work than usual. <laughs> okay, at the drop of a hat. I have th- everything has to do with the races. 
because they drop the hat and everything goes. Interesting. Yeah, Don't they really? Like, well, I mean, you know how, like, in, like, racing, there's always, like, there used to be, like, the woman with the flag in the middle and they go. I have a feeling it's something along those lines. They drop a hat and the race starts. That makes a lot more sense than mine. What was yours? Something to do with magicians. <laughs> 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 what do you think? Wait, what um, century? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. 17th. 19th. I don't care about century. Tell me what you think it was from, though. Um... No, I can't think of a good one. Rob Song's pretty good. But... Races? Or magicians? Both of them are called Rob. And both are very good. <laughs> I mean, the races one had a through line where the magicians one was just a random magician. <laughs> to have come from the American West where the signal for a fight was often just the drop of a hat it may have also been so basically by the way I should clarify the common through line for all of these idioms is um we don't really know we can suppose where these come from but the truth is a lot of them are so old the origin of them has been lost so it's just made up by people drunk in a room like this (laughs) that was probably (laughs) this In a hundred years' time, they listen back to this podcast and be like, this is where... This It'll be like, like, drop of a hat. Do you know that came from magicians? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you, no. It didn't come from rooms of drunk people. I think most of them were educated. And, uh, You're have... saying we're not educated? I feel like we're all educated. really, really nasty, Caitlin. We are educated. I'm, that was so <laughs> I'm not being nasty. I just meant like... We are educated, okay? Okay. They all have useless degrees that none of us use. Well, I don't. He doesn't. He has multiple. (laughs) Can I have one? Which one do you want? (laughs) So, basically, it may have also been Irish. Uh, You know, which would have, you know, the start of a fight would be something like roll up your sleeves. And then the last item of clothing would be the hat, which comes off and the fight would begin you don't want to ruin your hat so. exactly um I, so I was kind of right yeah but in what fucking way it's the start of something what <laughs> mine was the start of something <laughs> the start what? of a magician start of a magician show rabbits are heavy they get you drop it <laughs> carry on okay next one <laughs> Oh, that was 19th century, by the way. <gasps> Boom! Well done. Two, one. Neil. Me, I'm on negative points. <laughs> I feel it. Negative. Negative. <laughs> <laughs> negative, negative. <laughs> Just no negative. Alright, what about shits and giggles? Did you actually find a theme for this? Yeah. No way, okay. <clears throat> Oh, shit. Um, I think it's fairly recent. I think it's 20th century. Well, that's not surprising, is it? And I think it has something to do with babies. 
and I have a feeling oh. it's for fun and because all babies do is shit and giggle. So. <laughs> well, look at you being logical after a few drinks. <laughs> <laughs> he never shows this sponge kind of attitude. Like, where does this intelligence go? Um, I'm going to say 21st century. Mm-hmm. What are you going to say? No, it's definitely older than that, because I'm... Like that it means that you do it to mess around. You know what shits and giggles means. Yes. Do fun. Do it to mess around. Where do you think it comes from? I don't understand what you said. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand what I tried. I don't know where it came from. Um. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I can't think of any reason. Why it exist. Really? Well, Rob threw me with something oh. fucking logical. Alright, <laughs> I'm going to tell you. So, shits and giggles comes from when they used to have. Uh, like horse paddy fights in fields. <gasps> and no I'm joking! That's oh, not oh, I wish! I was, I was so like, good. oh my god, that's great! Oh, I'm no. so into that! No, I'm so sorry to tell you, it's just it comes from kicks. You know the word kicks, I do this for kicks. But how 19... does it come from kicks? Yeah, in the okay. 1950s. So, uh, I do it for kicks was the first thing, and then for kicks. Oh, so kicks was the first thing, which was like a surge of ple- pleasure, and then four kicks, so you do it for a surge of pleasure, which seems to have taken off around World War II, 1950s. For shits seems to be an alternative vulgarization of four kicks that took off in the 1970s, because it was the 70s. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Yeah. And then for shits and grins was a popular mm-hmm. saying that came up in 1980s and 1990s. So for shits and grins, so it basically went for from kick, do it for kicks, and then for shits, as in meaning do it for kicks, sorry for shits, and then for shits and grins, so I do it for a surge of pleasure and to have a smile, and then people started saying shits and giggles in the 1990s. Well, fuck me. And uh, Austin Powers can be attributed to that. Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. I thought I was on the right track with babies. <laughs> <laughs> you both, I felt so bad because you both looked so into that horse <laughs> oh That was so, oh, I'm so upset. That would be fucking amazing. <laughs> okay, so, beat around the bush. Where's that come from? Is it, I have a feeling it's not good. It's not a good thing. Delaying something, isn't it? All right. Do you know what beating around the bush means? To, to not do what you need to do. It's like just like talking around something, isn't it? Like rather than... Talking around circles. Yeah. You're really... never really getting to the point. I thought it was... Okay. I thought... Okay. Cool. It's not procrastinating, right? But verbally procrastinating. Yeah. So basically what we do with this podcast. Basically. <laughs> we beat around the bush constantly. <laughs> yeah, we never really get the call. I actually have no idea with this one. Really? Yeah. I think it's so logical about all the other ones, and this is probably the most logical origin of really? all. Really? Yeah. I have a feeling. Yeah. That it came 
because it's not hitting the core of the subject. I have a feeling it comes from when you would just hit the tree, uh, you would hit an apple tree, but you don't want to hit the apples. Hmm. What? You beat around the bush. <laughs> That's a tree, not a bush. Apple trees are low down. I don't fucking know. I, just I tried have said no the idea. Word core and I was like, well, maybe I can run with that. Beat around the bush. I have no idea. Yeah, but you said the word core. That's not what they're saying at all. Yeah, I said the word core and I was like, well, fuck it, I'll run with it. What do you think? Um. Go have, a, have a go. Have a go, hun. Nobody beats around a bush. Hey? You said it'd be logical, but nobody beats around a bush. Does it have anything to do with kids bullying other kids? <laughs> Does it have <laughs> anything to do with the burning bush in the Bible? That's too far back. <laughs> um, okay, beat around the bush. The figurative meaning of the odd phrase beat around the bush or as it's usually expressed in the UK, beat about the bush. I've never heard anyone no, say no, that. No, <laughs> Evolved from the earlier literal meaning. In bird hunts, some of the participants rouse the birds by beating the bushes and enabling others to use a much larger phrase to cut to the chase and catch the quarry in nets. So what you're saying is I was right. So beating about the bush was no, you were talking about apples for a long time. <laughs> I've never heard of that. So, so beating about the bush was the pre- it was the preamble to the main event, which was capturing the birds. That makes sense. So that is just about bird hunting. And that's from uh, 1440. That's quite far back. Mm, pretty far back. This next one's really good. Uh, what about barking mad? Ooh, rabies in dogs. Oh, mm-hmm. fucking yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or There's rabies in dogs and humans, like rabies infested dogs biting humans, turning them mad. I'll stick to my original. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I want to go with the same thing because I can't think of anything better actually yeah um, but I'm going to say 16th century let's go really far back I'm going like 18th okay I'm going at 22nd century <laughs> it hasn't happened yet we haven't actually come up with the what should we read uh it's got to do with dogs, so I put rabies thing next time. Okay, here's, here's, what, trees, I think. here's what I think. Here's what I think. I am going to make you stop saying what you think first. Because these two don't come up with any ideas if you say it first. <laughs> because you're sounding too logical. Okay. Yeah, you are. You're doing well. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm very special. Thank you. <laughs> okay, mugging bad. Marking bad. <laughs> what? Break what? Breaking bad? <laughs> When I get tired, this is this is honestly like the words and the letters start jumbling up for me, and I find it really hard to <laughs> say or do anything. Um, barking mad. There are a couple of stories which link to barking mad, 
<clears throat> with East London suburb of Barking. Which is, oh. I out loud cackled because I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Barking is a bit bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> one thing, one is that the phrase owes its origin to medieval asylum for the, for the insane, which was a part of the Barking Abbey. Oh. The second, the second story isn't a suggested origin. It's a neat 1980s joke. At the expense of Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> she was known by those who disliked her as Daggers Thatcher. Yeah, she was. She was a bitch. Not a reputation for stabbing colleagues in the back, but because she was said to be three stops past barking. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, which they... Explain is the Dagenham is three stops after barking on the London Underground, but anyway. Oh, that makes sense though. <clears throat> <Does that>... <laughs> 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 you laughed! <laughs> you just get it! Everyone else laughed, so I laughed along with them. So, <clears throat> the problem with the asylum tale is the date, it's far too early. Barking Mad isn't medieval and began to appear in the language only around the beginning of the 20th century. The first record of it that I can find in print is from the US, for, is from USA on the 11th of November. And it's from, it's in a newspaper article. Um, Rob, you said the 18th, by the way. I was closer. Alright, no, it's just you pointed to yourself as if to be like, I was right, but you said 18. That's equally as close as. So, the other theory that makes a lot more sense is that the phrase refers to mad and possibly rabid dogs. It's a more, it's a more plausible source, yeah. and there are many more examples of barking like a mad dog in print. Mm-hmm. Makes more sense. Yeah, I believe that more. So... That's, that's barking, uh, barking mad. What about, in a similar vein, barking up the wrong tree? You two first. Um, about dogs chasing animals and thinking it's gone up a different tree than it's gone up. I think along those lines, but I'm going to spread it to fox hunting. Where they would, just because I <laughs> feel like it needs more of a where the foxes don't go off the tree. Well, that's why they're on the wrong tree. <laughs> what about you? I think it has something to do with uh, bird hunting, and the dogs that like go to that you hunting dogs going to the wrong trees when they're trying to find the birds that they're trying to hunt. I'm okay that you went to us first because I don't <laughs> agree with that. <laughs> The illusion is the hunting dogs barking up the bottom of trees where they mistakenly think their quarry is hiding. That's what I said! That's, That's what, what I, said, I well. said. We all said the same thing, Rob. <laughs> but I went with hunting. Did you not hear the first word? I didn't really listen to what you guys were saying. <laughs> she said illusion. So it's not that. It is that. She just said the illusion of it is. Didn't you? Maybe I wasn't. Listening. It alludes to. Oh, alludes. I it, did not hear it. It, re- <laughs> it references hunting dogs, so specifically hunting. So we were all right. 
Well, you said dogs. I said hunting. I said hunting dogs, and it was to do with fox hunting. So suck a dick. Specifically, I mean, it's bird hunting. <laughs> so <laughs> why did you have to? Do that? As if you needed right. more of a reason to be a cocky ass for heck. <laughs> okay, what about basket case? Um, not no. you. What about basket case? That's a really good one that you picked. I didn't think about that. <laughs> oh, see, I've just got Breakfast Club in my head. But I'm pretty sure it didn't happen in the 80s in a fucking <laughs> John Hughes movie. I feel mm-hmm. like it comes from maybe where it's going to be, like, I'm thinking old, so it's like sexist. I'm thinking okay. it's sexist. Okay. Of when pe- women in particular would have to gather things in their baskets and um, and no one would really want to or should speak to them so they have to kind of be quiet. Be quiet? Yeah, basket cases, they're very like just, they're quiet and into themselves. They're very like in, into themselves. Oh, okay, okay. Did you make sense of that, what I said? Yeah. I threw some words together. That it might good. have made sense. Good. Good. Yeah. Just adding whatever adjectives and verbs you need. <laughs> I have a, I think it has something to do with people leaving babies in baskets at hospitals. Moses thought, oh, it wasn't really a hospital, it was more of a river. But... Maybe specifically mental institutions, but I'm just going to leave it open as hospitals. You haven't got one? I like that. Well, I mean, it's not a good thing, don't practice that, but... <laughs> um, so, the term basket case actually comes from when all the filing cabinets were baskets and they used to make this yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was so on point you need to stop doing that you keep getting me excited about these stupid fucking things I'm like people are fighting each other in fields of horse shit and the other one is just like oh all of the filing cabinets are just baskets I'm just into it I was gonna say they put all the um Files and cases for the mental patients in baskets. Well, if you had said something about mental patients, he would have let off of that chair. <laughs> well, the original meaning is actually a lot sadder, and it comes from the U.S. military immediately following World War One. Uh, it's never used to describe an actual person, but only in denial of any such servicemen existing. So, the bulletin was issued by the U.S. Command on Public Information in March 1990 on behalf of some guy, whatever. Um, The Surgeon General of the Army denies there is any foundation for the stories that have circulated of the existence of basket cases in our hospitals. Um, So, basically... Yeah. Uh, Many of them... Uh, define what is meant by basket case. Uh, so, uh, by the uh, Syracuse Herald in March 1990 said, by basket case is meant a soldier who has lost both arms and legs, therefore must be carried in a basket. Given that the term was originally reserved for incapacitated servicemen, there wasn't much call for it until next major war of English-speaking peoples, World War Two. So it's pretty sad, actually. But, but like, for 
nowadays it kind of means you're you're a bit crazy. So I just but it's because people suffering trauma after World War One. Yeah, I get that. That's okay. We can't laugh at that. That's not funny. Yeah, bit bit grim. Way to bring the mood down. Okay, what about crying the spilt milk? Oh my god, did you actually find this? Yep. It was so good. That's me when I spilt milk in my bedroom when I was young, and then my bedroom smelled gross, and <laughs> it made me cry. <laughs> so true. I'm gonna go with that one, I like that one. From, from what, 1985? The actual saying is don't cry over spilt milk. I want to say it has something to do with parents telling their children that to cry over spilt milkshakes. Okay, good. Yeah. In, in soda shops. Yeah, okay. In, in soda shops? Yeah. What's a soda shop? You know the old-timey soda shops? No. <laughs> do you remember, like, in Greece? Milk bars. Like, like milk bars. Milk bars? <laughs> yeah, you've lost us. <laughs> What's a milk bar? It's like, I think it's a thing in the 1940s, wasn't it, where people used to go and get, like, milkshakes. But they wouldn't, they, it'd be like, they'd serve, like, chips and toast, and they wouldn't serve much. It wasn't like a cafe. It's kind of like a diner, but, like, less like, food, more, like... More drinks and stuff. You yeah. just go and sit Was and it, this just in Australia? It's American. No, it's American. Yeah, that's just, that's a diner. But not food diner. It's not food. Okay, this is not even a point. But, <laughs> but you think it's that? I think it's um, I think it comes from... <coughs> possib- Sorry, I just realised that I wrote cry over slipped milk. It's <laughs> <laughs> spelt. I think it spelt. comes from a long time ago um, when there was... You like milkmaids and they're milking their cows and one, you know, acts like a fly comes near her so she tries to swat it but this fly is really persistent and she stands up all of a sudden and accidentally kicks her pail over and then she starts crying because she's like, I've been working at this for like four hours squeezing at this cow's teeth trying to get this fucking milky shit to squirt out into this cow. And now I've kicked it everywhere because some fucking horsefly decided to come up to me and get all up in my business. And then her little maiden friends who are next to her are just like, Becky, Becky, don't cry over spilled milk. It's fine. You can have some of ours. I... That's what I think. I only follow about 40% of what you just said. Okay, I'm going to tell you, the origin is actually... I'm so right. From Barry Law. Jack and Beanstalk. It's from it's from fairies, and fairies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fairies. As in fairy, like fairy law from. As in gay. What are you talking about? Fairy law. What's that? Stop F- saying. <laughs> <coughs> fairies. Explain yourself. So, it was it was supposed that actually. Whenever milk was spilled, it was given as an offering to the fairies. And that's why people would say don't cry over it, because you've actually done something nice for the fairies. Well, if you'd let me finish my story. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like an old wife tale type thing. Yeah. That's batshit. That's weird. I love that's, it. That's where that comes from. I love it. Okay. Curiosity. Killed the cat. Oh. Fuck yes! 
I want to say that it's about a serial pet killer called Curiosity <laughs> who went around and killed cats. Yeah, it's fun that you went to him first now. <laughs> I think it's when NASA was creating the Curiosity rover to send to Mars, they accidentally ran over a cat. <laughs> A Mars cat, or when they were making it down here? When they were making it down here. I think it's from anybody watching your cat Alice try and jump up a bookcase. <laughs> Definitely. Now, I think... Oh, God. Buckle in. <laughs> I think it comes from, uh, like, doctors when they were trying to figure out how animals and people work on the insides and they were curious so they killed a cat and amputated it. Human curiosity mm-hmm. killed the cat. Human curiosity <laughs> killed the cat because they were like how does this thing work and they killed it stuck four pins in its paws opened it up played around with its organs. It's probably like a wartime thing isn't it? Isn't it like like you slip sink ships type of thing? Well actually Rob Get fucked. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, <bitch. laughs> to be fair, out of all of them, mine was the most logical, to be fair. But you're not, you're not too far off. The actual original proverb of curiously kill the cat was just, uh, it just had the part kill the cat. And the first word was care killed the cat. And by care... They don't mean, like, you love it too much. Mm. They meant, like, worry or sorrow. So too much worrying and too much sorrow killed the cat. Why? I don't know. Cats don't like being sad. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, curiosity hasn't received a good press over the centuries. St. Augustine wrote in Confessions, A.D. 397. Very early on. Yeah. uh, That... Before crea- uh, that eons before creating heaven and earth, God fashioned hell for the inquisitive. Yeah. Well, yeah, the good they, old. Yeah. They were very against human understanding and learning, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. They, Ignorance they, all the way. Why would God be like, I'm going to make hell for all of these people first without creating the people? Also, I'm going to create this tree with all the information and put it in the middle of your garden and so, then punish you for So basically, it's like centuries and centuries of people have thought that being curious and being inquisitive is wrong. And cats are just known to be inquisitive and curious. So that I know cats are led... lazy and sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that led to the term being... Care killed the cat. Curiosity killed the cat. Just by bad press. That's it. I like my, my cat serial so the, killer. The earliest version of that print was actually in the Daily News. Galveston Daily News in 1898. As it said, Curiosity killed a Thomas cat. So, so what I'm getting is, I was right. I still think I'm winning, but carry on. What about feeling under the weather? Ooh. I have a theory. Yes? You never feel nice when you're under rain. I do. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, that's it. Done. Done. 
feel like shit when you're being rained on and technically you're underneath the weather. <laughs> Done. I think... You're welcome. Is it, ha- is it feeling under the weather? Something about snow and you dying in the cold? <laughs> what? From, like, snow. poor people dying in the cold from being cold. What do you think, Steve? Um, I don't know, because it means being sick, doesn't it? Usually. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why it'd be under the weather. So it used to be because lots of poor people used to have holes in their roofs. You're lying. <laughs> no, they used to have holes in their roofs and the rain used to come through and they would be roof? under the weather like quite literally and it would make them ill and that's where I said I, poor people I'm <laughs> lying I'm lying <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Kate, stop doing this to us I'm lying it's actually a maritime saying fuck's sake so originally it was meant to feel seasick or to be averted uh, adversely affected by the bad weather while you're on a boat. Uh, and the term is correctly under the weather bow, what? which the weather bow is the side up- upon which all the rotten weather is blowing. So in, in terms of like the boat would be under the weather bow, which would be where all the bad weather is. Oh, for fuck's sake. And it would make people sick. I'm so sorry. Why would you believe that? I was like, I think she's like, hold the roof. Like, no. That's so <laughs> legit. That's the whole point of our roof is not to have a hole in it. Poor people can't fix their roofs, so. though. Yeah, that sounded so legit. No. You're speaking from privilege, Steve. <laughs> Just because your whole roof doesn't have any holes in, damn. I heard it on the grapevine. We don't have the rights. What about here on the grapevine? You can sing 10 seconds. What I thought it was 30 if like, you review it. Maybe. But we're not reviewing it. Like, you can sing 10 seconds, but you can do 30 if you review the song. So why don't we sing 30 seconds and just say great song? And I don't know it. the 30 seconds of it. <laughs> um, I think it has to do with um, wine, wine, farm, wine farmers. Uh, stop right there. <laughs> we did this the other day and <laughs> I said, my, don't you dare because I it's I think it mine. has something to do with wine farmers. Wine farmers talking down the line and getting it from one side to the other quickly. Talking down what line? The grapevine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In your head, you're thinking, I'll talk into this end of the grapevine. (laughs) No, those cans and string. (laughs) (laughs) Which just whispers to grapes. No, you're talking to the people that are picking grapes and they pass it down mm. the line to the end. Okay. You're salty. <laughs> I'm fucking angry. That was my one. So basically, it's them being like, it's lunchtime. It's this time. It's that time. They tell one bitch. He passes it down to all of the other people. All the other bitches. <laughs> <laughs> that one bitch. Come out of your mouth. Yeah, that one bitch. He passes it down to all of the other bitches, and then the last bitch is just like, "All right, cool." And then it passes down the grapevine. What do you think, Stephen? 
Uh, I just think it's after the song. I think the song made it up. You think the song did yeah. it? Yeah. Okay, that's well, good. <laughs> well, oh God, I would love you're the least inven- inventive of <laughs> you. So, the first practical public demonstration of the telegraph was given in 1844 when Samuel Morse sent a message from Washington to Baltimore. Do you know what? Telegraph. Yeah. By telegraph. Yeah. The invention was... Isn't it telegram? No. no the, that was a person, wasn't it? Telegram. So what's the telegraph? The invention... Phone line. Oh, okay. The invention was widely welcomed as a means of rapidly communicating news. It soon became clear, though, that close communities already had effective word-of-mouth communications. Soon after the telegraph was invented, the term grapevine telegraph was coined, first recorded in a U.S. dictionary in 1852. This distinguished the new direct down-the-wire telegraph from the earlier method, which was likened to coiling tendrils of a vine. It's clear that the allusion was to interactions amongst people who could expect to be found amongst grapevines, that is, the rural poor. Basically, there's a whole part of this as well that uh, is effectively uh, racist. (laughs) Um, They talk about, like, so basically the way that they started reporting on this stuff was, like, the grapevine telegraph was, like, you know, communications they started specifically commenting on uh like people of color that were working uh and the way that they were like getting information around so quickly and also native americans although they do not use those words right so it's a bit bit dicey history sucks man um so basically they were all really aware of current events long before a lot of other people were uh, and then but that's pretty much what it means but you know, I also put a tidbit here the term bush telegraph originated in Australia influenced by the grapevine telegraph and that refer, referred to the informal network that passed information uh, about police movements to convicts who were hiding in the bush Oh. Oh, I remember when that came in that last year, didn't it? Interesting. Yeah. So huh. that's, a, that's a good in. All right, hit the hay. You go first. Um. Well, presumably it's just something like when mattresses were made of filled with hay or something. We're going to bed. That's my thing. When mattresses were filled with hay. Farmers being so tired after a day of work, they would fall asleep in their barns. Rock's gone downhill. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> that was cute. Just trying to be original. So, before they went to bed, before they, before, <laughs> back in the olden times, no specific date given. <laughs> oh yeah, we stopped giving dates. Before, uh, people would go to bed before they would go to bed they would literally hit the hay to make the mattress more comfortable and to make sure there were no bugs inside so they had to like beat Bitch it down a little 
The expression hit the sack is thought to have originated from the sack that was stuffed with hay to create the mattress. So it's more literal than just like, oh, they have a mattress of hay. They literally had to hit the hay. To get rid, to make it comfortable and get rid, get of, rid of bugs. So I thought mine, lost. I thought mine was more clever though. So I think I could get a point for, for No, you lose, lose points for you lose inaccurate. Points. <laughs> <laughs> inaccurate. Inaccuracy. No. No, no. <laughs> no, no. What about let sleeping dogs lie? Oh. That's more of like a thing of like don't poke the bear type deal, right? I think, I mean, it's a very literal meaning. So I think it's just so like bite you. Don't poke the dog because it might bite you. It's like I think it has to do with walkers. guard dogs in prisons. Oh. And like, don't wake them if you're trying to escape. So where I was going with it was just like, I'm thinking like 14th, 15th century, we're in a castle, there's like prisoners, we're about to try and escape, we're getting out and they're just like, oh, there's guard dogs, better leave them to sleep because they're gonna wake up, they're gonna bite us and they're gonna make some noise, we're gonna be back in jail. Let's go, don't chat about it. Because they're going to attack. So basically exactly what I said, but you just extended it to a four-minute rendition. I made it older. We were in a <laughs> castle. Okay. It's actually... <laughs> okay. <laughs> now that that's done. Uh, no. You're both wrong. Really? Oh, yeah, no, it's just... I was so confident. Derives from the long-standing observation that dogs are unpredictable when they're startled. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> Steve was right. Yeah. The, <laughs> what did I say? Uh, the first person to put this in to print uh, was in 1380. Wow. Although it may actually be much older than that. It just says, it is not good to a sleeping hound to wake. The expression may have started as a warning about the risk of waking potentially dangerous animals, but later turned metaphorical. By the time it became established as a proverb, its meaning had changed to leave well alone. Uh, I was close with the century, I said 14. The cautionary phrase was well, en- uh, was well enough known by the 16th century for it to have been included in the proverb... Included as a proverb in John Hayward's definitive A Dialogue of Proverbs, English Tongue, 1546. God, they were very specific with the titles, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also, like, some weird thing about the 18th century British politician Sir Robert Walpole. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie was apparently, like, frequently associated with him and attributed to him. But there's no fucking reason for that because he never. There's no evidence that he ever said it, so I don't know why that is. Just pe- just because. It's because he had guard dogs in his jail in his castle. Yeah, that's why. The four hundred one. Um, on a similar vein, I'm not even going to ask you because similarly, Pook the bear was just like, no, no, someone probably just saw it happen. That's pretty much. We someone don't know. poked a fucking bear and was like, oh shit, bad idea. I shouldn't do that again. Mauled to fucking death. Uh, yeah, that's it, that's it. 
So, although I will say this pretty interestingly, uh, during the Cold War, the expression was often used with Russia as the bear. So they were saying, don't poke the bear, like, as in, don't, like, Russia. Don't leave Russia, Russia alone. Leave Russia don't. alone. Yeah. Um, okay, so, once in a blue moon. That happens once in a blue moon. Yeah, it's supposed to be inaccurate, because a blue moon is supposed to happen quite often. Not that rarely. I don't remember what a blue moon is. Does it have anything... Is it actually supposed to be once... Did it begin with being once in a new moon, which happened every month? To do with something that happens on a monthly basis. Like periods. <laughs> periods. Did you just laugh at periods? <laughs> <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> so I think it comes from right. Oh god. <clears throat> Bleemings happen every so often. This is an episode of Trump. Um so people turn into some kind of monsters when the blue moon rises. You don't really think that's where the stain comes from? <laughs> no, of course not. I have no fucking idea, but it's fun. <laughs> a blue moon is just the 13th moon in a 12-month cycle. The reason is... Oh, really? Yeah. The, the reason is basically, like, the moon cycle is slightly different to our calendar cycle. Mm. So we don't just get a full transition of a moon every month. We get a full transition and a little bit. Mm. So we then, like, the blue moon is a 13th cycle in a 12-month period. Ah. Although, what are you looking at? What's the blue moon? You even think of something different. Stop looking at me. There is another theory... That a blue moon refers to the time when a moon will transition twice in a month. No, yeah, I was... Which which happens about every 36 months. A second full moon in a calendar month, that's what I thought a blue moon was, and I think it's supposed to happen more often than... So every 36 months. There's two theories, Steve, and neither of them are right, because a blue moon is just a random thing. Do not fact check me on my fact checked <laughs> podcast! Put your phone down. <laughs> no one really knows what a blue moon is the problem is the saying is just kind of this ethereal nonsense it's not a real thing it's like they think this is what it's referring to but it happens so long ago that they're not really sure of the exact origin but it has something to do with the double above a moon cycle yeah 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 other people think it's actually a blue moon because sometimes the moon can go blue due to volcanic activity, but that happens like... Which volcano? From the... That is volcanic, volcanic activity. How does volcanic activity make it look blue? Smoke and ash. Ah, oh, so it like covers up the... Yeah, okay, So... <laughs> so sometimes you can... The blue... The moon can like literally look blue, but that happens so rarely that they think that anybody that knows that saying wouldn't like... It wouldn't happen frequently enough for people to mention it. Yeah. Um, okay, so pull the wool over one's eyes. <coughs> Give me a good one. Got it. Give it. Sigh. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> a long time ago. In a galaxy in far, a galaxy. far away? Yeah. Um, I think oh, to okay. pull oh, the wool oh, over my some... theory, right? 
Uh, sorry, please continue. No, it's fine. Your... You go on. My please theory's continue, gonna be please. I, I do need to take a nap. Yours, so. so you do your theory. I think it has something to do with doctors putting masks over patients' faces that were made of wool during surgeries. How would that create the modern meaning of wool? Pulling wool over someone's eyes is like... Deceiving them. Yeah. Doctors, I I, I think... They can change the meaning, Steve. (laughs) And I think it used to mean that you would cover their... I don't know. I've got nothing. That's not what it used to mean. That's just what it was. (laughs) That's what you're saying. What do you think, Steve? I think... uh, When people used to wear one hat... And then you would pull them over their eyes and steal their things. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I pre- that that was my theory. No, it wasn't. Um, so my theory is um, the boy who cried wolf. <laughs> yeah. It has sheep involved. People. He lied to people okay, and he pulled them all over people's eyes. <laughs> Boy who cried wolf. That's my theory. Well, there you go. That's where it came from. Okay, uh, Stephen, you did so well. Are you fucking kidding me? No. Several centuries ago, it was standard practice for Europe and Americans, uh, both men and women, to wear wigs, not hats, wigs, and they were predominantly made out of wool. They must have looked. Idiots. When thieves wanted to steal something that a wig wearer was carrying, they sneaked up to the individual and literally pulled the wig over the victim's <laughs> eyes, <laughs> blinding and confusing them, and the victim didn't know what was happening around them, so the thief would use that opportunity to take what they were carrying and run away. Which is actually, what are you thinking wigs were that sounded too stupid, so I changed <laughs> <laughs> No bloody That's way! Insane. Yeah. That's so far. I can't believe how close you were. That's incredible. I was so sure about my one. Oh, were you? <laughs> Boy who cried wolf. He lied to people. Okay. And just you were them. sure about that? <laughs> Does it not sound feasible that that's where he came from? I mean, not as feasible as my doctor. Right, you yours was just fucking it. stupid. You didn't even have an idea. I didn't have a formulated finish. Product of an idea. Okay. Stealing someone's thunder. So. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Anytime you start with so. I'll set the scene. Oh, fuck. We're in ancient Greece. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Can we press fast forward on this scene? No, because I haven't formulated my own yeah. idea. <laughs> The universe began. <laughs> so, the year is the, the far future in Australia <laughs> and people fighting in the Thunderdome. Stop, stop. <laughs> I My think it up. has something to do with... No, I've got nothing. No, do you know what? No, fuck it. I'm sticking with ancient Greece. What, happened, what had happened was... Zeus is all up here and being like, I'm God, I own everything, y'all shit. You know shit. Zeus isn't real. Compared to me. How dare you? That's, <laughs> that's people's oh, religion. Yeah, it's a religion. Go on, continue. Zeus was up in the clouds, got it. 
Um, well, no, I kind of fizzled out really now. Didn't I mean, you, know? you steal his. Basically, Poseidon came up and was like, I'm sick and tired of dealing with water and then stole his powers of thunder. So that's where it came from. I think it has something to do with fights where people would have to be like, a fight to the death, right? And then they would hit a gong when someone was like dead, right? So like people were fighting and then when one person died, they would hit a gong. And so I think what it meant by stealing the thunder was that person that everyone thought was dead, they would hit the gong, but the person would get up and in the last minute kill the other person, therefore stealing their gong. And wow. gongs sound like thunder. <laughs> All right, you ready? We're in ancient Greece. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, really. Uh, 1704. And it's a little bit of classic playwright drama where... It's basically uh, the literary critic and largely unsuccessful playwright, John Dennis, had a play called Appius and Virginia. It was produced at the Dory Lane Theatre in London, and he invented a new method for creating the sound of thunder for his production. We don't really know what that method was, but, you know, it's not that relevant. He some hit people two think together. Some people think it was a refinement of the mustard bowl referred to by the Pope in which metal balls were rolled around but in a wooden bowl, but not sure. Uh, but it was reported that after Appius Appius and Virginia failed and was closed, the method was soon afterwards used by a production of Macbeth. And Dennis was less than pleased about having his idea taken. And this is the account of his response that was recorded by literary scholar Joseph Spenitz. Uh, and then later quoted in whatever, too, too many words. This is, <laughs> this is in 1893, though. He said, damn them. They will not let my play run, but they will steal my thunder. And that's where that comes from. Ooh. That's hilarious. That's actually really good. I like that one. The woman in black is playing at that theatre. Really? Yeah. That's really funny. I like that. Okay, we've got a bunch more. So I'm going to give you choices of three and you pick one. Okay. Alright. So, straight from the horse's mouth, chip on the shoulder, or crocodile tears. Oh, fuck. Straight from the horse's mouth, I think... Has something to do with no, Ed, no, the no. talking horse. No, no, no. No, you have, have to pick. You have to pick which one you find about because we're running out of time. <laughs> what one to you is the most interesting answer? Mm. I vote crocodile tears. Yeah, go crocodile tears. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> crocodile tears. Okay, this. I think this comes from when Steve Irwin once punched a crocodile in the throat and it cried. But it cry? cried as a... Crocodiles won't need to cry because they have... mechanism. Reptiles have the... Hi, something. That is a scientific <laughs> term, yes. <laughs> yeah, but this is why it was so odd and why it became a term because he was like, why is a crocodile crying? Because it has the... And it's just odd. I think it's because crocodiles can't cry and people... Crocodile tears is when... Someone pretending to cry and it's fake. So that's why the same is. And why can't I, I cry? Think a, <laughs> I think it's because 
of how many tears people, the family of people who are eaten by crocodiles cry. They cry a lot. <laughs> and that's why they're crocodile You're tears. You're getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> I started on such a hot. <laughs> We're in mid-16th century. And it's said to be because there was a belief that crocodiles would weep while devouring or luring their prey. That's literally it. That's Why would people believe that they would cry when eating? Look up it. Can crocodiles cry? Crocodiles cannot cry. Crocodiles don't have what? any tear ducts. Or souls, for that matter. Would a crocodile have to cry? <laughs> when did a crocodile ever feel remorse? They don't, then they don't have the your answer is stupid. My answer is right, and the old answer is wrong. Alright. <clears throat> what about these three? Cost an arm and a leg. Kick the bucket and it will tickle me pink. Oh fuck, they're <laughs> really me pink. Good. No, no it's actually is obvious because you go pink when you're tickled. I don't know. I oh. will say tickle me pink was pr- it's obvious. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. Um, they oh. kick the bucket. No. Arm and a leg. Yeah. Oh, arm and a leg actually. Cost an arm and a leg. Is that from when, um, if you would when someone died and you were like shit i have no money to bury them you would have to sell that corpse's arm and a leg to someone that required an arm and a leg who maybe lost it in a freak crocodile tear accident <laughs> um, i think it's so the cost of going what? to war people losing and that oh makes, that's a good that one that makes more sense that i want to go with that one and not my Crocodile theory? No. Either that or maybe something to do with the black market and like the mobs, but I don't really have a formulated answer with that one. (gasps) (coughs) (laughs) (laughs) Did you just choke on an idea? (laughs) (coughs) It's from the plague. From the plague. Because they would amputate you. So if you had the plague, it would cost you an arm and a leg. Which plague? The black one. Any plague, really. <laughs> well, then you just died, didn't you? Yeah, didn't the plague just kill you? Yeah, but they amputated people what to for? try and cure them. They didn't realise that didn't fucking work. Caitlin? World War Two. Oh. It was oh. the cost of going to war. It was oh. formulated after World War Two. Mm-hmm. Well done. Well done, Steve. When we stop recording, can we actually go through the... Also, the interestingly, Kick the Bucket is because... Um, <clears throat> Basically, uh, the theory is there was the phrase. The phrase originates from the notion that people hang themselves by standing on a bucket with a noose around their neck, and they kick to the bucket away. Well, they wouldn't hang themselves. Like other people hung them, and that's no, how they, they, they were killing them. themselves. Yeah. That's but the, that's what they did on like so that's hang, a bad way of hanging hanging nooses like, anyway. So you want to break yeah. the neck? The hangman them would get them to stand. themselves to death. Okay. I watched Robin Hood. That's what they did. Here's the last one. Oh. No, sorry. There's two more. Okay. La- second to last. Out of the blue. Uh, is this comes from when um, the first UFO sighting just appeared when it was, it was a really nice bright day out. I was like lightning yeah. on a bright day. You got that spot home. No. I have a feeling it's something to do with the ocean and things coming out of the ocean. Probably a shark. 
I mean, why? All right, see, out of the blue is a blue sky that produces thunder. And it comes out of the blue. Is it really? Mm-hmm. God damn, I thought I was so close. I was. I thought shark attack. Are you so bring up? Because your sentences are making a lot more sense. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, a UFO that comes out of just a random blue sky is bound to make some noise. So how do we know that it wasn't a UFO, guys? Okay. What about yellow-bellied? Oh, this was my one. Fuck. Um, I think it comes from chicks. From, like, because you call some... If they're yellow-bellied, they're a chicken, and chicks are yellow, so they have a yellow belly. That's what I believe. What does yellow belly mean? Cowardly. Cowardly. I think it has to do with fat people drinking lots of beer. <gasps> no, I changed my mind. I think it happened from what happened. What had happened is um, when people are yellow bellied, they're scared, so they pee themselves, but they <laughs> pee on themselves, and their pee is yellow. I change it from. This is not fair. Pee. Steve's getting sober, and we're getting drunk. <laughs> What are you going with, Steve? Um, the P one. That's probably the P one. <laughs> I mean, I did give two very good options, so I, I understand how it's hard to choose. Going to jaundice. Jaundice. <laughs> people that have liver failure are really cowardly. <laughs> <laughs> so really, people aren't that sure about why people say yellow belly, but. There's two things. First of all, it was it was used in uh, Lincolnshire as as the first use in 1787, and people would say they're yellow belly because they were yellow and sickly in their complexion. So like jaundice. So they had jaundice. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Y'all make fun of my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, not too sure, but they think it's just really some nonsense name calling, like Lily Livid. Doesn't mean anything. Yellow bellied, Lily Livid. Nothing. Doesn't mean anything, just some nonsense. Isn't that disappointing? That's really disappointing. Yeah. I was really hoping it was to do with, like, someone peeing on themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So... There are certain things that happen in every culture and there are always idioms to deal with them. So this is what I'm going to finish with. Uh, in Norwegian and the Czech Republic, they commonly use the term walking around hot porridge, which refers <laughs> to beating around the bush. <laughs> is that from like Goldilocks? Um... If you're in Italy or Turkey, you might say hungry as a wolf to say that you're starving. That's a song. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, if it's raining in large amounts, most cultures have an interesting way of saying it. In English, it'd be raining cats and dogs. In Africa, they might say it's raining old women with clubs. <laughs> um... Uh, Norway might say it's raining female trolls <laughs> and the Irish say it's throwing clobber knives Jeez. so <laughs> uh, in Finnish to say with long teeth means you're doing something that you really don't want to do 
And in French, to have long teeth means you are ambitious. And that is everything. That's it. That's it. That's all we, the idioms in the world. Oh my god, on. we made it through it. <laughs> we did it. I really was... didn't think we were going to make it. <laughs> was that fun? That was fun. I like that. I think we should do more drunk podcasts. <laughs> You know none of this is going to make it. <laughs> We're not going to be able to use yeah, whoever, this. Whoever's going to be doing it is just going to be like, this is a whole fucking hot mess. <laughs> We're not using any of this. But that was really cool. I liked it. Yeah, that was a good. All right. That, that was, was a good one. I liked some of that. Yeah. I liked some of that. <laughs> some of it. Some of it. Shit. I said I like stuff like that. Oh, I thought, <laughs> I thought you said, I like some of that. It was okay. Oh. All right. Well, I think that's uh, everything from us. Thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoyed our idiots. We <laughs> we uh, had a lovely time presenting you with all the quirky little sayings of the world. I've been Caitlin. I'm Rob. And so am I. But I'm not. <laughs> If you can please go to our socials, we are at Art of Knowing Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Leave us some love and cheers. We love you. Bye. Bye. Oh my god. I need a drink. I never thought that would end.